Are you here? I mean really, truly here. Like, are you with us? Uh Uh-huh. I see Paul motioning for me to get on with it. All right, all right. Just trying to welcome the listeners to the Paul Leslie Hour. Jeez. (laughs) Well, today we are proud to present an interview from the archives with a real star of theater. Bayok Lee has lived a life in the performing arts that many could only dream of. Born in New York City's Chinatown, Bayok has performed as a singer, dancer, and actress. Behind the scenes, she has worn the hats of choreographer and theater director. Bayok Lee made her debut as a dancer on Broadway at the age of five in the 1951 production of The King and I. She met the legendary dancer Michael Bennett at the High School for Performing Arts. Her creative relationship with Michael Bennett endured throughout his life. 1975, Bayork was invited by Michael Bennett to participate in the workshops, which resulted in the famed musical A Chorus Line with music by Marvin Hamlish, lyrics by Edward Cleburne, and book by James Kirkwood and Nicholas Dante. The original Broadway production ran for 6,137 performances. The role of Connie Wong was based on, yes, Bayok Lee. Bayok Lee has been one of the loudest voices in the enduring legacy of Michael Bennett's work. With encouragement from Michael Bennett, Bayok Lee turned to choreography. She has directed many national and international theatrical companies. Ever active, Bayok Lee serves on the board of directors of the National Asian Arts Project, NAAP. And not long ago, Bayok Lee choreographed a performance of Oliver at the Pershing Square Signature Center. In celebration of the performances, Bayok Lee talked with Paul. (laughs) And you're about to hear this very spirited conversation. And we hope you can find her enthusiasm as inspiring as we do. Paul's trying to get my attention now. Hold on a sec. Yes? Oh. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, programming note. We had 75 new subscribers to the Paul Leslie Hour YouTube channel last month. Uh Uh-huh. Well, thank you all. So, please, my people, if you have it in your heart, subscribe to the YouTube channel Paul Leslie Hour to keep plugged in with all of our videos. We thank you. Okay, it's the Biogly interview. We've talked together. Let's listen together. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our great pleasure to welcome our special guest, Bayork Lee. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Paul. I think most stories are best from the beginning. What was life like growing up? I was not your average kid. Let's put it that way. When I was five years old, casting directors for The King and I came down to Chinatown, New York, looking for children for The King and I, the 
Broadway company. So I was one of the, the lucky kids that my mother took me to the audition uptown and, and I got it. So at the age of five, I was doing my first Broadway show. And I saw all the dancers warming up and I said to my mother, that's what I want to do. And so I outgrew my costume at eight years old. So I was in the show for three years. And then I went on to the School of American Ballet because Jerome Robbins was the choreographer and most of his dancers went to the School of American Ballet and they were in the um, New York City Ballet. So that's where I studied. Tell us about your parents. Were they supportive of your dreams? My mother certainly was supportive of my dreams because that's what I wanted to do. My father owned a restaurant in Chinatown, and that was a 24-7 job. And so he didn't really know about show business or anything like that. But my mother was the one that's, that was very, very supportive of me. And also, at five, I knew what I wanted to do, and I was determined to do it. So I kind of told them what I wanted to do. Now, not the first musical that you performed in, but can you remember the first musical that you saw? I think it was either The Sound of Music, because, you know, we had performances, and so we could only go to their actor's benefit, and it could have been Sound of Music. You mentioned earlier about The King and I. I have read that you actually got to know Yul Brenner very well. Yes, we all called him father. He just loved us and took us to the circus. And But I was a baby. So years and years later, after I had been in the chorus line, he came back to Broadway with The King and I, and I had already left the chorus line, and I was only doing the foreign companies, directing the foreign companies, and I knocked on his door. And someone told him that I was going to be there or one of the kids, original kids, was coming to see him. And I knocked on the door and he opened the door and he said, Bayor, I have been waiting for you all these years. Where have you been? And he had followed my career. Isn't that something? It is something. Yeah. And he then started to mentor me because I told him I wanted to direct. I had already directed the Australian company of a chorus line and also Germany and Stockholm. I was into directing and he really encouraged me and mentored me. And I went on to London with him to learn The King and I because he was doing The King and I there in London. I spent two months there watching the show, learning the show under his tutelage. Tell us about the various dance styles you have studied. Is there a style that you like the most? Well, there's that Michael Bennett. I've been with him the longest, and I know his style the best. But, you know, I've worked for Michael Kidd, Peter Gennaro, Donald McHale, Nora Kay, and Herb Ross. They did Golden Boy. There's so many styles that I've worked with, and I really believe that Michael's style fits my body the best. And it's very earthy and down and low because we're both, I'm four foot ten and Michael was was short also. So we did everything close to the ground. The history that you had have with Michael Bennett, it's a big part of your life. What was your first impression of him? Michael used to come down every summer to study with my dance teacher, Sevilla Fort. So that was during the time I was doing flower drum song. And he tells me that I walked in one day and I said, oh, I just got my second Broadway show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And he said, I hadn't even started yet. Then later on, Michael and I danced in Here's Love Together with Michael Kidd. 
And I just remember Michael as a very free dancer. I was very structured coming from the city ballet background and the school of American ballet and also civil court. And Michael was very free, wonderful tap dancer. So my impression of Michael was I loved that style, very open, very free, and he could improvise on a dime. He just, the music would play and he would just dance. I envied that because I was very structured at the time. On that note, I wanted to talk about a chorus line a little. The role of Connie Wong in large part, well, it was based on you. How does it feel to not only play yourself, but also when you see other people playing that role? I'm very, very flattered. That's the first thing. And so happy that I could contribute to the show and to to have an Asian girl work for the past 39 years, to have at least one Asian girl have a career. When Michael asked me to start directing the show, because he was going on to direct other things, and so he needed someone to go off to Stockholm and Tokyo and Australia to direct and choreograph the show. I had to put Connie as just being a part of the show, and she was no longer me, even though that was my life. So it's wonderful that she is who she is, and that's who I was. But I am not Connie anymore. Connie was a struggling dancer, singing, God, I hope I get it. And Bayork has surpassed that. I'm directing the show now and choreographing the show now, and I'm producing. I have my own company now, Asian Artists Company, and I'm producing. So when I direct Connie now, she is a character in the show. What are your fondest memories from the early performances of A Chorus Line? Oh, so, so many, Paul. I just remember we were in previews and Oblopone said, come here, come here. Let's look out the window. And there were all these black limousines lined up all the way down the street, Lafayette Street. And then we go on the stage and there was Jackie Onassis and Diana Ross sitting on the stairs because they couldn't get a seat. And Groucho Marx loved us and he sent us cakes and Lucille Ball would knock on the door. It was just very exciting. But it took us a year to develop the show. And it was that was a wonderful period in our lives because it was kind of like group therapy when we talked about ourselves and why we were dancing and things that dancers never even think about. Michael had to sit down in a circle and discuss why we were here and what did we like best and what were we doing at the age of two and three and why did you come to New York and all those things that you don't think about unless you're in therapy. And here we were writing a show and we didn't even know it. So many incredible creators played a part in that. And I wanted you to talk about Marvin Hamlish. Ah, Marvin. Marvola. Marvin was Michael's first show that I did with him was A Joyful Noise. And the second show was Henry Sweet Henry. And Marvin Hamlish was our rehearsal pianist. Can you believe that? And we had a wonderful time with him. And then here, years and years later, he's won two Oscars. And Michael asks him to come and to create the music for the show. And that was a wonderful experience because we had already been in two workshops before Marvin came on board, before the lyricist came on board. And so the dialogue was there. And I just remember Michael would say, okay, everybody has their turn to go down and talk to Marvin. And when it was my turn, 
Martin, I've known him for years, and he was just tinkling on the piano, just playing the piano. And he said, okay, what do you say in the show? Marvin got us down, and, and he created our theme. And when I say theme, it is underscoring. And I think he was in that kind of mode because he had underscored two films prior to A Chorus Line. And so the entire show is underscored like a film. Our special guest is Bjork Lee. How did you make the transition over to doing choreography? God bless Michael Bennett. Michael said, you know, Bjork, the show is yours. I am going off to do other things, and I just need you to take care of the show. And that meant going off to Australia to direct and choreograph and cast it, and going to Stockholm and to Berlin and Italy and all over the world. I didn't even think about it because it had to be done. And also there was an obligation that I had to the original company to really have it done the way that Michael wanted it. Michael had created it. We all created it how we all created it. I really felt that it needed someone who had been in the original cast, and I was very happy that he chose me. Tell us about the National Asian Artists Project. Oh, well, that's the, that's the, the love of my life. I'm really married to the company. For so many years, I've been auditioning, and Asian actors or dancers or singers would come in. And I also uh, directed The King and I. And last year, I just choreographed Miss Saigon. And when they come in, they're, they're fine. They're good. But they don't. There's a lot that's a lot more needed from the Asian artists. Not everybody. And the ones that have it, the triple threats, they work all the time. So I decided that I would form a company to really support the Asian artists because if you're not doing the King and I and you're not doing Miss Saigon, you're not working at all. Or two actors in Thoroughly Modern Millie and two actors in a couple of shows. But that's one in a course line, the Connie. But if you're not in those shows, King and I and Miss Saigon, you're not working. Therefore, why should you take singing lessons or why should you continue to the study. And so I produced Oklahoma, Carousel. Last year was Hello Dolly, and this year's Oliver. And I also formed a choir. The number is up to 40. They get to sing once a week because there's not a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money to take voice classes if they're not working. And so they come once a week and they sing, harmonize, and they brush up on their sight reading and things like that. We are also going down to the Kennedy Center June 15th, and we are doing a a benefit for the Philippine Embassy for the flood victims, and Leah Salonga will be with us. So a lot of good is coming out of it. Also, they will be performing in shows like Dolly and Oliver in Oklahoma, those classics that they may not be hired for, and they have an opportunity to put that on their resumes. I'm very happy that I am giving back to my community. You mentioned Oliver. I wanted to talk about this upcoming production by the National Asian Artists Project. It's of the classic Broadway hit musical Oliver. And it's going to be at the Pershing Square Signature Center in New York City from June 5th to June 7th. Tell us a little bit about this production. Well, Cameron McIntosh gave me the right, and I have to do the company that he produced in London in 2011, which is very different from, not that different, but he wanted that production. And that, so that's what we're doing. Lots of dancing and lots of singing, very memorable songs, very famous songs. And I think the most important thing is that the Asian community gets to see their own performing as well as 
we invite directors and choreographers and casting directors. I don't want to do anything that's that far out because I want the theater community to see the artists playing the roles as they were created. How does it feel when a production you're working on comes to an end? Oh, you know how it feels. Like you've given birth and the baby's gone off to college. And and what am I going to do next? And so I make sure that there's a course line somewhere in the world, or I am, this year is going there, I'm helping out the, the New York Shakespeare Festival on their benefit gala that they're honoring Marvin Hamlish on June 23rd. And the original company is going to be coming in all from all over the United States to to honor him. And the show is going to be 40 years old next year. If I don't have that on my plate, I've got the National Asian Artist Project. So I'm very happy about that. A simple question. What is it you like about theater? What is it that I like? I love theater. It's in my DNA. I think I was born to do what I'm doing. At the age of five, when I walked in that majestic theater and I saw the chandeliers and I saw the the red velvet seats, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And that's five years old. I have not looked back. I have just gone forward. What is it that I love about it? I love the creativity. I love being on the stage performing. And then after that, I love teaching and I love passing on Michael Bennett's work, his legacy. I love everything about theater. I'm stimulated when I go and see a show that is wonderful, that makes you want to jump up there and you want to be on that stage and you're inspiring people. I have a class after school theater club down at PS124 in Chinatown. I have 30 students and they, uh, some of them have been with me for four years and we've taken them to the Junior Theater Festival down in Atlanta. They'd never been out of Chinatown, never been on a plane, never had a pajama party, and they're meeting 3,000 other kids. We're the only Asian and the only ones from New York. And how proud I am to say that they won Best Production. We've done Beauty and the Beast with them. We've done Little Mermaid. And this year we did Aladdin. We also won Best Production. And so they come back and now they go to the theater. Their parents take them to see Aladdin and Annie and Lion King. And how proud am I as a teacher, as a performer, as a director to see their growth. And I'm giving back to the community. I also started a, for the parents who were waiting for their kids, I started a sing-along. And I said, come on, you're waiting for the kids. You're in the hallway. Why don't we just, there's a room in the back and for the piano and we'll just do a little sing-along. Well, that has turned into a wonderful sing-along for senior citizens down in Chinatown. And they are just singing everything they can get their hands on. So I just feel so blessed that I have the after-school program. I have the sing-along program. I have the choir, the National Asian Artists Worldwide Community Choir. And I have my the shows, the big shows that I do, you know, Oklahoma Carousel, now Oliver. And I just feel that the whole, my arms are very wide and I want them to reach all the way over across the sea to England and to Australia and to Japan. And I really think that it's in my blood. I know what I was meant to do all of this. What is the best thing about being Bayork Lee? Having wonderful friends and loving family and great supporters. That's the best thing. This is a totally open-ended one. You can say whatever you like. 
What would you like to say to anyone listening to this interview? Don't give up your dreams. <laughs> Don't give up your dreams. Follow your dream to the end, to the end, to the end. Our special guest has been Bayork Lee. My last question, who is Bayork Lee? Oh, she is four for ten and just in love with life. That's not a bad place to be. <laughs> Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you, Paul. This has been wonderful, Paul. I love I love the fact that it was just off the cuff. I love it. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me! The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.